Hello, Gail Taylor here back with another episode of Content Net. This is a very low-key podcast where I talk and walk. I wanted to talk today about what priorities politicians have when it comes to representation of students, graduate students in particular, and what has happened to our graduate student class in the wake of Trumpism. Many students of color take out student loans to attend college and to pursue advanced degrees in part because advanced degrees are necessary in an ever-changing economy, an economy that's increasingly based on technology. But then also there is the personal edification of just learning a new skill that involves a lot of technical knowledge and then taking that technical knowledge and making it applicable at a local level. And if you live in a state where it's not easy to access education and it's also not easy to access startup capital, then you can do a lot of learning on your own, figuring things out on your own while you have a day job or a trade that is a day job. Um, But it's just not easy Increasingly, people saddled with student loan debt are forced to make choices that limit their potential. But one of the things that concerns me most is access to credit. Some who have student loans find that it's increasingly difficult to get credit. Capital One is one bank that seems to, and maybe maybe other banks do this too, um, look at the amount of student loan debt a student has and then count that against their credit score, their individual credit score. And I wonder which political candidates for president think that student loan debt should be weighted when it comes to accessing a credit card and should should it not matter the size of your your student loan debt the other thing is shouldn't student loans be forgiven if we really think about it Um, what jobs are available in your community that actually allow you to readily dispense of student loan debt if you actually um, contribute to the community how easy is it to access these jobs do you know a lot of people who are qualified but who cannot find the kind of work that fits in with their educational background or training 
why is education or higher education seen as a luxury and not a necessity? If somebody knows the answer, I'd really like to know. When faced with the decision to continue my PhD, I was told by one clerk at a university that I shouldn't be pursuing a PhD without first having gotten married or without having a sizable um, contribution from my family to this effort. And that really surprised me. She, here she was working at a very prestigious university and she had barely finished high school. She was starting her family. She had a husband and she was looking at recruiting students to go to the university, but she herself was not a university educated person. And it was her belief that she didn't need a university education because she had a husband and she was going to be raising, rearing children. And that her job as a clerk was supplemental income for the family. Now, I don't take away from her path or her pursuit or her opinion but what I was concerned about was that she was applying this method in which she had approached her studies to every woman, to every woman who found herself in my similar position, which is to say, you can't do it alone. You can't do higher education. You can't study at a PhD level alone. Now, I wonder how many men are also in that same position where they're counseled that they cannot pursue a PhD unless they have a wife or a husband or, you know, the, the path. Is it the similar critique if it's a man? Why is education gendered? I would like all candidates for president, even our current president who sits in the White House, to address this question. In, in other words, as I look at this election, I want to hear from all candidates about the question of gender and higher education and student loan debt, because I feel like it's one of the critical, critical questions of our time. We have more than 50% of our population in the United States is female or female identifying. And we can't come to a consensus about how we should educate our population and how people should be able to pursue their happiness. And more often than not, you will find many people enjoy higher education. Many people enjoy learning. And then many people also enjoy contributing to their communities. 
Many people also enjoy a paycheck, getting paid for what they know how to do. And when jobs are not available, when jobs are scarce, and one wants to continue living happily, one wants to take classes. I think Andrew Yang's proposal for $1,000 a month makes a lot of sense. So, what are your thoughts? I would love to know.